morning, Bark Stars. Thank you for joining me for the second episode of the Barkley Pets bi-weekly podcast. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. And if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. I'm your host, Mila, and in every episode of the podcast, I'll share some news updates from Barkley Pets headquarters, occasional highlights spotlighting walkers, and a little education session to help make you a better animal caregiver. We're trying to build a strong culture of Barkley Pets, and this is just one of the ways we're trying to stay connected with everybody within our community, so please continue to tune in. Now, starting off with some news, we're having a puppy shower on April 16th in New York City at DBA Bar. All puppies under a year old who come to the bar will enjoy some treats from New York City-based companies. My Ollie will be there with some yummy food samples, and Rebel Dog will be there to provide pups with brand new dog tags. There will be a vet and a trainer station. I'm going to be manning the trainer station, so please make sure to come and say hi. This is such an awesome event to meet new puppy owners and the new pups, which you will likely be taking care of. Puppyhood is such an important time in a dog's life. It's called the critical period in development. The impressions a dog has during this period often help shape certain dog behaviors for the rest of its life. Now, I do realize I've been giving New York a lot of love and leaving out D.C., Baltimore, and Philly. So to help loop everybody in, I thought of an awesome game. It's called the Cherry Blossom Picture Contest. Starting today until May 11th, I'm giving it a month because I have no idea when the cherry blossoms bloom but I know it's sometime in April. Take a picture of the dog you're walking next to a cherry blossom tree and hashtag Barkley Pets Blossoms. Get creative. I'll announce the winner May 11th. For today's episode, I was trying really hard to bring in a special guest, Sid Simeon. Sid is one of the Barkley Pets walkers and a truly incredible artist. She's been drawing cartoons of all the dogs she's walked so far with a few quick bullet points about the dog's personality and the most interesting thing that happened on their walk. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties trying to bring Sid onto the episode, but I still want to give her a shout out. Keep up the incredible work. And for anybody who's interested in seeing some of her art, her Instagram account is Simeon. Simeon Art. That's S-I-M-E-O-N-E dot art. I'll also include it in the description of today's episode. And now, let's dive into the education portion of the podcast. In our last episode, we covered the Hound, Working, and Terrier group. If you walked any breed within those groups in the last two weeks, and you feel like you noticed something worth sharing, feel free to leave a comment in the podcast notes. Maybe you noticed an interesting behavior, or maybe you didn't. Part of the fun in this is also learning about a dog's instincts. Some dogs will have a stronger instinct to do something, but others may not. But there will definitely be a crossover, and it's great knowledge to be equipped with as an animal caregiver. Today's episode will wrap up with the remaining four of seven AKC groups. That's the herding, sporting, toy, and non-sporting group. Let's start off with the herding group. This group was bred to use specific techniques to move animals like body positioning, barking, or nipping. Dogs in this group have very high energy and endurance, so they require regular exercise as well as mental stimulation. These dogs can be extremely intelligent. I don't know if anybody remembers Lassie, but that was one smart dog. Dogs in this group include German Shepherds, Shetland Shelties, Aussie Shepherds, Collies, or Corgis. If you're walking a dog in this group, try and be aware of people running past you. Whether it's a kid, someone rushing for the bus, or even a runner, 
Their herding instincts can often kick in to take a nip at the person's ankle. So just watch out for that. It's not aggression, it's just their instinct. The sporting group dogs were created to work with hunters to hunt small game, like birds. They were bred to work with natural environments such as fields, woods, and water. Dogs in this group include retrievers, spaniels, or pointers. Each of those breeds was bred for a certain specialty. Take the retriever for example. Their specialty is to find the game the hunter has caught and bring it back. You may have noticed retrievers can be very ball crazy. Well, part of the reason for that is their breed's instincts. Spaniels, on the other hand, their specialty is to rush in and flush the game out from its hiding space. And lastly, a pointer. Their specialty is to freeze and point out game that has been caught. So now you see, that's three breeds, three specialties, all created to assist with some hunting task. Dogs in this group were bred to be with humans, with their hunters, so they're great companions and have a lot of energy. Dogs in the toy group are miniaturized versions of the larger breeds from the other groups. They may exhibit some characteristics of their larger breed, but often I find they're heavily influenced by the human breed. Because of their size, a lot of owners view these dogs as vulnerable pups which require extra special care. This often means these pups don't get exposed to some of the experiences a larger breed may be exposed to and that may result in poor socialization. Take for example my friend's Chihuahua. She was extremely overprotective of him when he was a puppy because of his size. So she didn't properly socialize the dog, and now, as an adult, the doggy has become extremely overprotective of her, and he'll bark excessively at any stranger that comes close. This is not the case for every small breed, though, I have to say. I have a Pekingese Chihuahua mix at home, and I'm totally guilty of babying him a little bit, a little bit, but I made sure to expose him to different types of environments, dogs, and people early on, so I avoided some of these issues that my friend's running into right now. So, if you're walking a dog in the toy group, just keep that in mind. It's not a hard and fast rule. These dogs truly are adorable, so it's hard not to blame the owner of babying them just a little bit. Dogs in this group include Shih Tzus, Yorkies, Maltese, Pugs, Chihuahuas, Poms, and Toy Poodles. The non-sporting group is the catch-all for any dog that didn't exactly fit in any of the other groups. The dogs in this group will vary from sporting, hunting, guarding, or companionship. Some dogs in this group include Bulldogs, Bichon Frises, or Boston Terriers. And there you have it, all seven AKC groups covered in the last two episodes. If you're feeling overwhelmed with some of the information, take a deep breath, listen to the recording again, and please don't hesitate to leave me comments with any follow-up questions you might have. I can't stress enough that breed is never the only reason for a dog's particular behavior. There will always be nurture in the mix. It could also be as simple as the dog wanting to get attention, escape a situation, try and get a food reward, or communicate a need. But I hope covering these groups will provide you with some more knowledge over the dogs you'll be working with and give you more confidence when you enter a new household without ever having met the dog. And as always, please make sure to check the breed, read the notes from the owner, and never be shy to ask questions to get to know the dog in advance. And this just about wraps up our nature versus nurture segments. I hope you guys enjoyed the last two episodes. If you have any questions, please leave them in the comment box. I'll be very happy to answer them. In the upcoming episodes, 
I'm going to be talking about dog communication, specifically barking and body language and how we as humans can understand what the dogs are trying to tell us. Looking forward to it. Happy walking.